This is Carol Steves, and you're listening to Reality Ranch Podcast. Today is Friday, June 19th, 2020. Join me now in my interview with Don Schneider. We're doing okay. So tell me how you found the the mission. Yeah, that's uh that's a strange really sort of story that uh I haven't even told my own family, my uh my my kids who they're all married and have their own kids now. Uh because I think they would think it was like uh you know, here's a really strange story from dad, do we want to believe it type, you know. I, I understand. Huh? I understand that. <laughs> yeah. You know, so you don't like, you know, if it's like you drop it as a sort of a pastime, like, ah, oh, this happened, reference to it. Then they may ask you, what are you talking about? And at that point, I, I tell them and they go, oh, that's, that's strange. You know, that they probably just think it was me. Because mm-hmm. I'm, you know, like any person, I have my quirks. But right. regarding finding the mission, we'll get back. Uh, I'm digressing here. Uh, it was probably, okay. I want to say, 1980. Three could have been 82. Uh, I get a birthday present from my sister. I had just got married in 81. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, here it is, 2020. I'm still married to the same person. So we, we, we've been through hell and back, I'll tell you. Uh, my wife has uh, got a lot much, I'd say, better common sense than I had when I was younger. So anyhow, uh, 83, my sister buys me this gift. I open it up. It's a book. And, uh, and I had other books regarding this. So I was trying to dial down. When did I accidentally hear, actually hear about the mission? And as usually in some people's case, it's an accident. It's, you know, or it's not like an intentional thing. And that same with me, I, I opened the book and, uh, it was published, I believe in 81. So the book was a year old and now they're selling that same book on Amazon for like $114. And it's only like a, I think back then it was an $8 or $6 paperback. So in 83, so I open up this book and I start reading it. It's about UFOs. And it's uh, the book, the name of the book was called the, the UFO Encyclopedia. Not to be confused with, there's another guy that wrote, I don't know, 15, 10 or 15 books, all entitled the UFO Encyclopedia. But he's, he's a, he came later and he's a different, and he sort of, copycatted the, the title but this woman's name is margaret Sachs, and i believe she's a uk author and screenwriter and she wrote okay. the encyclopedia and i uh so i remember reading you know about all the ufo encounters and they had eyewitnesses and they had uh the military reports of them their pilots seeing ufos and all the way back to the uh the foo fighters of world war ii to uh elizabeth uh uh, Kenneth Arnold to Betty and Barney Hill. And I believe if I'm not mistaken, at some point they talked about uh, a one armed man from uh, Switzerland also had some sightings in contacts. So he was right in there with Howard Menger and the rest of them. So I remember reading it and I'm thinking nothing of it. I was sort of had a side interest of UFOs and it was, you know, back in the eighties uh, and, and uh, even in the seventies, it was sort of a, sort of a, uh, culture thing. It was more of a, 
a culture wave, just sort of like, uh, you know, the yeah. British rock musicians came to this country. There was a UFO culture developing in this country. So I was, I had an interest. I read the book. And then I remember a couple of years later, probably 84, 85, my sister commenting to me about, yeah, that book I gave you something else, isn't it? And I go, yeah, there was really some interesting eyewitness accounts in there. And she goes, what's with this uh, Billy Squires? And I said, Billy Squires, that's, you know, and at the time I didn't know who Billy Squires was. That's who she said it was. Uh-huh. Uh, and I and she's going, yeah, he's meeting with extraterrestrials, having these conversations, recording them somehow. And uh, and she says he's he's uh, still in contact and uh, he lives in. She, I believe she said it was either Austria or Switzerland. And I was like and I says so I went back to the book she got me because I think she was mm-hmm. talking about that one. But right. I had other books and I, I found it and I found oh that she meant Billy Myers. And then I read up on it. And so I sort of put away that, put that in the back of my memory and sort of forgot about it. And this is uh, 85, this time it's 84, 85. And I'm thinking, Billy Myers meeting with extraterrestrials. I had never heard of that. I heard of other UFO contactees claiming they had been taken aboard. And most of it I didn't believe. I knew it probably had been debunked or was about to be debunked. But this guy, I was like, I never really figured it out. I just sort of, said, yeah, there's this guy doing this. And she was amazed by it. She was like, yes, he's still doing it. She says, it's incredible. She says, it's almost like, uh, you know, it's like something you wouldn't even, you would read in the National Enquirer, you know? And I was like, yeah, you know, sorry, I sort of forgot about it. And uh, roll ahead to like uh, 2007 or 2008. And uh, I meet somebody uh, through Facebook and we're having philosophical discussions and, you know, things about, you know, religion, spiritualism, all we haven't, we're talking about this. And she was a friend of mine. She's from Spain. And uh, she says, you should check this out. She, she posted some excerpts from the spiritual teaching from uh, the introduction, actually, to the spiritual teaching by Samyaza. And I didn't know who that was. And I, you know, and then when I realized, oh, this is from that Billy Meyer thing, my, me and my sister had the discussion of uh, back in 80, 84 you know and i'm thinking uh, hey, the same guy still you, alive stole one arm is this the same character so you mean samyase Samya- yeah samyase okay go ahead so uh at that point i uh i read up some of the stuff uh i went to future mankind went to a couple figu various figu profigo sites ended up purchasing some books and it put me in touch with other people in the community and uh ended up purchasing a a couple DVDs and a book from Michael Horn, and then ended up uh, buying more books from uh, Figo Lands Group Canada, Figo Lands Group Australia, uh, and in the uh, in the center. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, so that sort of made full circle. And then I met I met the gentleman who was quoted in these books, or his eyewitness accounts were. Uh, and I even remember re- while watching in the, uh, I believe it was either the late eighties. Early '90s, Jamie Masson on uh, some uh, weird channel through my computer could have been Vimeo. Uh, actually, re- uh, interviewing Bill Mo- Billy Meyer, uh, and it was like uh, subtitled in English, so I had to read real quick. You know, so that was my introduction to the Meyer material, and it was uh, profound enough to where. I felt I was like being reminded, hey, you need to check this out. You keep forgetting about it. And meanwhile, all the other UFO things to me were just like, 
ah, those are guys who are, you know, they're just, it's an interest. They don't know what it really is. And everybody's talking about the flying saucers, but nobody really, and all the strange stories I heard about it from uh, other contactees, all proven later to be fraudulent. I thought were circus shows and sideshows, and I never had an interest in it because of the the sideshow sort of circus quality to uh, the UFO uh, yeah. witnesses or the people that went public. And that one guy built uh, these, I call them spherical homes in the desert. And he, he claimed to see meet with uh, extraterrestrials. And that later was proven to be not true. Yeah. He was uh, later on, I guess it was part of a, uh, you know, he was trying to make a lot of money out of people coming out and uh, he had to pay a fee uh, to either walk through it or, you know, and he was trying to sell building those same plants for other people that wanted to move into the desert and build spherical homes. So it was more of a, I won't say a Ponzi scheme, but it was all about the money. And uh, but he claimed he had contacts in the desert with these tall, white, uh, what do they call them? uh, uh you know, Scandinavians, okay. you know, that, <laughs> yeah. and all this, it was always that, that, that thing, you know, and I was, all, and somehow, uh, and then later on in the mind material, they made a list of ones that were false contacts and his name happened to be on the list. And I thought, ah, maybe my suspicions are better. I mean, I'm not saying I have been conned and people have pulled the wool over my eyes, but I mean, when I was seeing stories about, you know, people claiming to have these uh, channeling extraterrestrials, from another planet mm-hmm. you know i never there were so many of those new age guys and there's still a few of them today like uh, i think barbara marciniak uh was one of the oh, earlier yeah. ones which was i thought was very strange she was like channeling and she would come through with a her voice would change something like harry houdini was busting all these people at the t- uh you know a generation earlier yeah well, I know. I remember she was one of my first. Uh, her Barbara Marciniak was she the one that wrote "Bringers of the Dawn"? I think. Yeah, she. And uh, she, she channeling Toth, or I forget. She was channeling a perceived ancient extraterrestrial or god. I'm not really sure about that. Um. Yeah. I. She was in the '80s. I remember um, being introduced to her work by somebody. And I remember reading um, one one of her books and I went back and looked at it later. And you know, what's funny is at the time I remember thinking, yeah, it is Bringers of the Dawn. Um, I just looked it up. Bringers of the Dawn teachings. um, Let me see. Hang on. It's uh, on Amazon. They, they have it still and it's, Bringers of the Dawn teachings from the Pleiadians. Yeah, again, she and, refers to them as Pleiadians, which uh, I thought was very right. strange because uh, that's something also I hear in other uh, New Age uh, religions, cults. Right. And I hadn't, you know, um, I'd seen stuff about uh, UFOs, but I hadn't really heard about too many as far as extraterrestrial races by name at that point, you know. And so, but I have to tell you that when I read that book, uh, the strangest thing happened. Um, I didn't really understand most of the book. And when I went back and reviewed it, I read it several years ago again, just to see. And it was just incomprehensible, really. <laughs> you know, <Yeah. laughs> 
but at the time I thought no wonder it was so confusing but um at the time for some reason um and this is really strange I haven't told a lot of people this but I the Pleiadian thing jumped out at me and it for it seemed significant for some reason I didn't know why it grabbed my attention kind of you know I just uh-huh. thought well this is important and I didn't really know why it just felt important to me. And also after I read the book, I had this weird feeling. I said to Bill, my husband, I said, I feel like that there's going to be something that we we need to prepare for that we're going to have to do that we need to do. And, and uh, I said, I don't know what it is. And, you know, I couldn't even imagine why I was even saying it. And I said, does that sound nuts to you? And he said, no, it really doesn't. That's sad. If she is, uh, did be, I wouldn't be surprised because playing seems to be the theme. Uh, there was a name, a guy named you. You probably heard of him, Alex Collier. He's also borrowed, uh, excuse me, borrowed the Meyer uh, some of the snippets of information and sort of to boost uh, the writings and some of his books he's authored. Uh, yeah. You you notice there's uh there's things inserted there that originally probably only Billy ever mentioned uh, that predate Alex I think it's Alex Collier but he he wrote some cre- uh, some really far fetched books about contact with extraterrestrials and UFOs and it sort of uh, you recognize it when you see it that it's not his original you know he plagiarized pretty badly yeah. Well, I, I say I think she probably did because, for one thing, you know, the, the player and were calling themselves the Pleiadians at that point, remember? Yeah. So, yeah, and this book was written. Um, uh, I'm not sure exactly. It looks like it says 1992, but I know I read the book before. Well, maybe that is around the time I read it. I don't know. But um, it must have been fairly new when I read it because... Um, I remember my oldest son was only, my middle son was only about five. And well, it says here, um, it's compiled from more than 400 hours of channeling by Barbara Marciniak, bringers of the dawn, imparts to us the wisdom of the Pleiadians, a group of enlightened beings who have come to earth to help us discover how to reach a new stage of evolution. So, you know, there's some truth to that. Yeah, there's some (laughs) truth to that. I mean, I guess if you regurgitate a truth and just, pretend you're right. the author that doesn't change it other than it just right. that you're the messenger was uh is in it for the wrong reasons right so 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 let me let me finish with that so that yeah. statement is true right mm-hmm. and then um it says uh um master tor- storytellers and humorists they advise us to become media free work in teams and to eliminate the word should and try from our vocabulary. So, I, you know, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also, she says, we, we learned to go beyond fear and how the original human was a magnificent being with 12 strands of DNA and 12 chakra centers. <laughs> so yeah. um, I remember reading that going, because I was still trying to figure out at this point if chakras were real, <laughs> you know, because I've always been a really kind of a, even though I have a very good imagination, I've always thought it's, it was, um, you know, very possible that and probable that extraterrestrials had visited our planet and that 
inner space travel was absolutely possible. You know, as a kid, I watched Star Trek and all that. And to me, it made yeah, I did sense. Too. I remember. Yeah, I, I loved too. it. I mean, I couldn't wait for it to be on every week. It was my, my favorite show at the time. And all I've watched just about every science fiction series that's ever come out when it came out. And, um, and always felt very drawn to it. But, you know, I didn't, uh, I didn't really um, entertain a lot of this uh, channeling stuff. I just went, my gut was like, oh, this stuff isn't real. And then later, I decided not to listen to that and look into it again. And kind of got sucked into it for just a little bit until I finally came to my senses and went, no, this is just because all these people have written these books. And mainly it was reading Billy's stuff that helped pull me out of it because I was still, of course, I was still exploring, though. And I was thinking, how could all these people be lying? I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, so it's, 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 it's it, it, when you realize the human psych, psychopathy oh. and the percentages, you know, yeah. even reading just that recent, uh, uh, oh, it was a release of information. I don't know if it was even in a contact note, but uh, it was about uh, in people that are in uh, administrative management in like uh, positions of power and ownership, mm-hmm. uh, something like 75 to 80 percent of them are extreme or really, you know, beyond medium psychopathies. And then the, then the other remaining like 20% are just mild psychopathy, but that yeah. makes up the management. So then, you know, I, I had to think about the government in that respect, not just corporations ago. Does that mean right. everybody in a po- position of power, whether it's your local police force, all the way up to the senators and president and, and, you know, every branch of the government, how would if that still maintain 75% or extreme psychopaths? then yes revolution is unfortunately the only answer for a population of citizens under that kind of craziness yeah it's you know i hate to say that but uh after all uh you know people say well are you a rebel i get that question by certain older people even or not there are older people than us but they uh they'll ask me uh i had talking to one guy he was a, a a biochemist yeah and it was in regards to just some things going on in my family. He was, he, he taught, uh, he was a degreed biochemist teacher and he's had some great findings regarding autism and, and uh, Down syndrome. And I, I somehow ended up getting connected with him through a forensic geneticist who recommended him regarding a situation in my own family. And we got into discussion about this very subject me and you are discussing, which is uh, the psychopathy and when I mentioned sort of uh, saying that, yeah, a lot of people in positions of power and control, uh, we have a lot of bad people. And it's the followers. A lot of them aren't bad. It's just the people controlling them. And his comment to me was, well, you sound like a radical. <laughs> I haven't heard from the, you know, since I was, I was, believe it or not, when I was in the 60s and 70s, I was, yeah. you know, 20s. I was probably a radical then. And I thought about it after he said that to me. You seem to be a radical. And, and I, I, re- I replied, I says, no, actually, I'm more of a revolutionary. I says, you know, and I'm not thinking about later on. I'm thinking, oh, that was like tied to the mission in a way because we are part of this. Rev- it's not an obvious revolution. Right. You know, that respect, revolution it's like a true. thought. It's a, yeah, it's a mind, thought, life changing revolution of how people are, I guess. And. Yeah, it is. And, and, you know, I see this term around, you know, how they have these new terms all the time. 
that they come that come into um, popularity, and then all the different talking heads and media people are using it. And one of them is the term thought leader. Yeah, and thought leader. And I also remember when mindfulness was a big uh, buzzword. Yes. Everybody and- was saying mindfulness, and I'm going, Jesus, I I I never uh, went to you know took Buddhism. But that's mm-hmm. straight out of uh, Eastern, you know, and, and like you, I don't agree with everything, even in Eastern religions. Right. Uh, they also are, are flawed with uh, uh, religious deluded thinking, I guess. Uh, but yet, yeah. uh, to me, that would be a form of it, the chakras. I also sort of believed at one time that was true because I, I did yoga. I did Hatha yeah. yoga when I was younger. You know, I was mm-hmm. always doing some kind of form of martial arts or discipline. And I realized, oh, the chakras, you know, and then later on, I, I read that was not really, it was a misunderstanding of, of uh, the human, uh, you know, anatomy or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. how we, how it's explained, uh, you know, even in the Meyer material, they say, yeah, chakras really is, it's a wrong value. It doesn't. You know, yes, exactly. And there's a lot of uh, chakra um, you know, workshops and books. I mean, I can't believe how much, many, um, I, I mean, every, just about every yoga class I've ever gone to, they're talking about our chakras. <laughs> I have to go, okay, I'm disregarding that, you know, but yeah. oh, we're, we're going to activate your third chakra now. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. You know, they're just yeah. mix all this stuff in with, with a practice that Funny. is just good for, you know, your muscles and your relaxation and for focus. And, you know, I don't think they need to mix all that, um, that imaginary stuff in there, but they do. They do. And I guess it's just, uh, you know, how, uh, but it's a religion, religious thinking has sort of snuck into, you know, uh, I guess even the exercise or, or health world. Uh, and yeah, I find that too, when I was, uh, I went on a cave exploration in Missouri and we didn't expect this. Me and my whole family are in this cave uh, in Arkansas called Marvel Cave. Mm-hmm. And they have these incredible quartz deposits and everything in the cave. And so the mother and her oldest daughter were like taking my whole family. And a lot of my younger, my, my, my sons and daughters and son-in-laws and daughter-in-laws are already, you know, in their late twenties, early thirties and, you know, you know, married with kids so we're going down through this cave and uh and they're not really very religious they're like yeah you know mom is catholic and she's lukewarm and dad doesn't believe uh you know he's basically an atheist so they're with us and this woman starts and her daughter start talking about make they were like quoting passages out of the new testament when they would find uh we come into a new leg of the cave and they said yes this is uh when god said that they built their uh, their crystal the rooms, the infinite crystal rooms of his oh, empire. He was thinking yeah. about the courts on the ceiling. And my son and daughter were immediately like taken back and were almost felt insulted. And I almost, you know, I didn't say anything, but I was like, you know, hey, you know, just this is a tour of your cave. It's not about, you know, no, any different if we were in there and some guy started saying, yes, yeah, you don't want to be in here because it's uh, too nice. He would ruin it, you know. Yeah. Well, you know, it's that's religion for you, though. Um, yeah, it's, you, you you're you're imposed upon, uh, upon by other people's belief system because uh, it's uh, truths are uh, nowadays are like they're not part of our culture. It's like telling the yeah. truth is a terrible thing now. It's and weird, uh, isn't it? 
and and yeah, and there's a a price to be paid. I guess uh, the millennials call it the cancel culture, which I don't care about, and it doesn't really apply to me because you have to have a, I guess a, really have a good electronic online presence to worry about the cancel culture. I've never heard of this. No. Yeah, the can the cancel culture. It's a millennial thing of them going in and. You, you get your uh, Twitter account canceled, your Facebook account canceled. They red flag you on YouTube, and pretty soon you really don't have much of an internet presence. Uh, who who's they? Uh, that would be uh, a lot of the young people going to these uh, liberal colleges that get their professors even canceled. Uh, they get each other canceled. Oh, it's, just, it's a sort of it's a stupid. It's more of a, I guess you'd say. Uh, we believe in free speech, but we're not going to give you free speech type thing. And that's by canceling your voice on. It'd be like somebody listened to your podcast the other right. day and they didn't like it. And the next thing you know, uh, you know, your webmaster, the uh, the website decided to to yank all your your interviews. Right. And the reason was uh, it was you were violated some kind of intellectual, pers- you know, thing that they didn't like. Uh, it yeah. might have even been a belief system thing, but they're, they're thinking we we don't want you talking about, uh, you know, we're a Christian site. You know, you need yeah. to. I, I didn't hear. I've never heard it called the cancel culture, though. So that's kind of interesting. I Boy. Yeah, it's more out of California. They picked it up more out of Seattle, California, mm-hmm. and most of the, the a lot of the liberal cities that where they have that actually going on. They call it a yeah. cancel culture. And it's usually more often than that, young people. And people of college age uh, basically taking away your right to, uh, even if you disagree with what other people says, you have a right to voice it uh, on a soapbox or on the Internet. And they're, they're, they're just, I've, I've heard about it, I think, for a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what is this cancel mm-hmm. culture? And wow. it's just uh, every faction of electronic thought, uh, a group thought think going after you. Is basically what it is, whether you're on yes. Facebook or Twitter. And I haven't had, I've had elements of that come after even me. Really? Uh, yeah, where they were trying to cancel out your voice and say, well, you don't have a right. And then the next thing you notice, your comment is flagged or in, you know, and then uh, Facebook has asked me, you know, take down that comment because it, make, it goes against community standards or whatever. That's so, crazy. you know, I have to consider is that cancel, is somebody trying to cancel me out and, you know, make yeah. sure wonder, uh, oh. to the you know, sad that this is happening nowadays, but. Right. Yeah. The only thing I've had happen on Facebook so far is when I posted something about the coronavirus being created in a lab (laughs) (laughs) and they fact checkers came on and said, Oh, we need to let you know that that's not true. (laughs) Oh, that's a form of, uh, that's a form of uh, sort of canceling your. Oh yeah, it sure is. Yeah. Like if uh, you, you wrote for the, your local newspaper, and after you wrote, I was able to, as the, your editor, post a disclaimer under your article saying not everything that Carol writes yes. about here is necessarily true or accurate and may be questioned and nobody is asked, being asked to believe it. That that sort of neutralizes yeah. your 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 uh, your article because then it says that basically says that you don't believe anything she says. Yeah, and as, as you as you and I both know, you shouldn't believe anything anyway. You should think for yourself and and do research but the problem is when people are told to believe or not to believe they do yes they just yeah. do you know what i mean they don't stop and think well what's behind this
got a you've done a lot of research and do don't you have a YouTube channel about Sasquatch? Uh yes I do. Yes I do. It's uh yeah, it's my my YouTube channel's called Illinois Sasquatch. And I'm not actually plugging it. I just sort of it's something I it's something that I I document uh on my my hikes excursions into various fold forests and wilderness areas that I go into that I might may hike uh, there one day. Another time I may go in and spend two or three nights there uh, camping. And it's uh, just in uh, sort of a, 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 a sort of a, an interest. It's not, it's a partial interest I have regarding uh, the existence of Bigfoot and, you know, documenting it and, and working with other researchers. It's not really uh something that uh, I'm not a, I don't consider myself an enthusiast or somebody who does it for fun. Uh, it's not really, it's not always fun. It's like, uh, you know, you're always, there's a lot involved in it and it's, uh, to get a little nugget at the end of, uh, four nights in a little one man tent, uh, with no showers and, you know, you're sort of roughing it and it's not like, uh, you're doing a lot of, uh, investigation, video photographic. So it is, uh, it's uh, uh, an interest that requires effort. It's not really. Uh, it's not glamorous. It's not glamorous. Yeah, <laughs> no. people don't. You know, everybody wants to stay in motels and then just right get with the network uh, sound guys and the, the uh, audio technicians and go out into the field. I wish it was like that, but it's not. I uh, well, I was very stunned. I was stunned by the information you sent me about Melba, Doctor Melba Ketchum. And oh, yeah, yeah. the depth of research and DNA research that they've done, I was stunned. I had no idea. Yeah, it just shows even in the scientific community to uh, peer review is even corrupt. Yeah. You peer review and you approve the people that are more into a product that can be sold through corporations and to get maybe grants from the government. But any real research is 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 either hidden, it's suppressed. If it exists, it's behind so far behind or under the carpet that uh, very few know about it. So you know, when I met her, she had coined the phrase uh, "Melba bashing" because uh, similar to Billy, uh, there's just a whole like uh, culture built on attacking her. Yeah, I I, I yeah. gather that, and I I saw, you know. When she, when I watched part of the, I, I wasn't able to watch the whole thing last night, but the video where they're presenting the evidence to the, those reporters mm -hmm. and, and they're saying, look, you know, she was saying people have been convicted or one of the people speaking, the people have been convicted on less DNA ev evidence. Yes. And she was a forensic. Yes. A, a genetic forensic professional witness. And when she went public with the Sasquatch Genome Project, through CNN and other channels, she's from Texas. Mm -hmm. She said all of a sudden they blanketed and the scientific academia basically uh, ignored and, and, and severely dismissed and actually developed a lot of attackers who made it their job just to basically uh, just ruin her credibility and yeah. just basically, so she lost her job because every, she says, I got tired every time I got cross-examined by defense or prosecution. She says the first thing they bring up was, is it true that you uh, 
have to do research on the Sasquatch Genome Project. And that immediately discredited her. And then every all of her testimony afterwards was was basically the juror, the jury, if it was a jury trial, just ignored her, said all that she believes in Bigfoot, she's not telling the truth. Right. Because unfortunately, what's happening in our in our judicial system now is everything's based on um uh you know image management now, not the truth. Yeah. And, and it's an expectation of our illusion of justice or juror, you know, but it's not. It's she said, so she lost that plus her, her DNA uh, research business, uh, which were funded. She would get contracts with the state police, the FBI, uh, all various uh, agencies, even uh, secret intelligence agencies. And she said it ended up uh, she lost that business. She's a guy. She told me, and uh, I'm not doing this to to hopefully get too much uh, attention to her again because she's mm-hmm. basically now a hermit. But okay. she says, uh, I wanted to interview her and she uh, she said to me, she says, no, she, she just wants to remain friends more to the point. She doesn't want to put a magnifying glass and resurrect this. Understood. People. She says, I had black SUVs parked outside my DNA diagnostic business for so many days. And, and she says a lot of the people she was working with, uh, you know, developed doubts. And some people just basically, I'm sure she lost people that quit and went to work for other people mm-hmm. because they didn't want to be associated with the uh, ostracizing and all the negative press it, it, had, it had elicited. So I, at that time I was like, yeah, I just, I'm just a simple researcher. Can I get you evidence? Can you, you know, yeah. would you sequence it? And she agreed to. And so uh, like you, I've known her for several years and uh, we stay in touch a lot more as friends than we do actual like professional mm-hmm. uh colleagues that you know she's in one discipline i'm in another but uh so that's that's how uh we sort of uh kept it you know we just sort of well someday her work will be vindicated it will be validated you know that right? yeah right and i told her there were corroborations from an older source that i knew that's Mm -hmm. still alive that uh would corroborate her dna research and uh we discussed that and uh and that was uh uh, in the contact conversations, which I sent her excerpts, and she was surprised by that. She immediately told me, "That's crazy." She says, "This guy, one-armed guy, talking to an extraterrestrial, is basically telling me, telling you what I've been telling the public is this a human hybrid creature that has a, a, a nuclear DNA coming from uh, a primate father, a paternal mm-hmm. ancestry, which is an unknown primate, and the maternal mitochondrial DNA is coming from." Uh, a homo sapien sapien human female which is us right and i go and when when i read that before i even met her i go where have i heard that before and i started yeah. going through the contact conversations and i discovered it billy uh i believe it was billy and Patan. i think later on he even discussed it with quetzal and the and he goes yes it's uh the ancestry is of a human uh females had bred with an unknown primate uh that is still unknown to this day to humans but I'm sure is in the taxonomy if you were due to jump. I told her, I bet you if you did a gen bank search for that unknown primate DNA, we would know it as another name. And we would, because you know how we humans, we label everything through a, yeah. a, a, a taxonomy system in science. You know, right. it could be Homo erectus, could be any one of those, could it, you know, Homo habilis, he, any one of those could be the unknown primate. I see. You know, so, uh, Pretty interesting, though, that she uh, 
And so she doesn't discount the Meyer material, but she is a Christian. So she okay. considers that uh, she she's very uh, even handed about it. So she she it does interest her. Yeah. Well, so they don't it, this wasn't a genetic manipulation then. Uh, that she, I never really asked her. And from the Meyer material, they don't say it's a genetic ma manipulation. Okay. Uh, they say that uh, the ancestors, I probably may be misquoting this. It was either the the Larians who came here, which the Pleiadians that were there, they were their ancestors of the Plea, uh, Pleiaran, mm -hmm. the Lyrans and the Vagans and the ancestors of those people who brought humans here as mm -hmm. a prison planet. Yeah. Those men and women uh, descended into uh, a wilderness, a wild uh, primitive human. They basically devolved. Yeah. And, and in the Meyer material, I think it refers to those humans, the devolved Homo sapiens, bred with uh, an unknown primate, which is the descendant of that is what we call Yeti, Bigfoot, Sasquatch. So okay. that, that's how I understood it. So because yeah. what the reason I'm asking this question and I'm not and if you don't know the answer, you know, this is what came to mind when I was when I was really because I've been I was always intrigued by this and thought it was interesting that it was true, you know, that when I read in the contact notes that that Bigfoot or Sasquatch actually existed, I went, Oh, well, there you go. That's interesting. Hmm. Mm -hmm. And I I looked into it, of course, to see what I could find. And there isn't, you know, there's not a lot because especially very good photographs because they are so elusive but um there's some and uh i wondered if you know the their ancestors so if they're bred from a from a an ape and a human mm -hmm. well well i don't i was wondering because an an ape doesn't have a human brain so I was wondering if it was even possible for an ape and a human to have a child together just in the natural way. And, and that's why I wondered if it was actually a product of genetic manipulation. See, yeah, I probably three quarters of that question. I can't really answer. Yeah. Uh, you know, in an informed uh, fashion no, okay. part yeah. of it, though, I will address, which is, Regarding, is it capable for a, a like a, a primate, whether it be a chimpanzee, orangutan, great ape, uh, gorilla, to breed with a human? I always wondered. There was uh, the Soviet Union did experiments back in the forties. Uh, uh, I believe might have been before World War Two, where this uh, I guess the equivalent of the Americans portrayed him as a mad scientist, but this guy. He, he somehow, he interbred, uh, I believe he took uh, these, he basically in vitro, I'm not sure how they did it, if they grew it in a test tube or if it was a woman, but they, they, uh, they hybridized, they took human uh, DNA and combined it with ch uh, grade eight, but it was uh, like chimp or bonobo, I'm not really sure, DNA. Mm -hmm. And they killed it. And, you know, and there were reports that leaked out that they were offsprings as a result of it. And I always wondered about that. But yeah. then they had uh, the story of Zana, which is the uh, uh, 
Melba has actually uh, gone to uh, the Soviet Union, okay. and she uh, they basically deterred uh, the remains. Uh, they dug up the remains of Zana and her son, uh, her son who was half human and half uh, whatever it was, Bigfoot. Uh, it was Omnasti or Omnasta, which is the uh, Russian Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. But they dug up her remains. Now, she lived in a village. She was actually captured back in the 20s or 30s by these uh, Russian uh, big game hunters or whatever villagers, and they brought her in and they kept her captive for uh, her whole life. Uh, this went on until she eventually died and they buried her. But she had five or six children of which uh, she immediately would take them after they were born and she would wash them in the freezing river of the Volga and they would, uh, they apparently would perish. So, the next mm-hmm. time she had children, they would take the uh, infant away from Zana so she wouldn't uh, put it in the freezing water, which w- would event- would kill them. So she, they, uh, Zed lived, and I'm not sure, a sister, he had other siblings that also survived. But she mm-hmm. had five, and the, and the children she had were the result of the Russian men were breeding her. And this was sort of common knowledge in people that are even, And, you and know, you're saying she was, a, she was a Bigfoot? Yeah, they captured her. They, uh. They said uh, even all her habits and what she did, uh, even in the United States, when you go out and look for structures and stuff, things that she was doing, digging in her. She had a, like a uh, a dugout area she lived in mm-hmm. that was had a fence around it, but she couldn't get out of it. But they kept her in, until she got so domesticated, she walked around the village and she would carry wood and buckets of water for the villagers. She became pretty mm-hmm. used to living with them. but she. Uh, Initially, she wouldn't, uh, they had to keep her in an enclosure, and they, uh, I don't know how, you know, they bred her, and she had uh, six children, and they showed a picture of Zed, and he's this guy that's, uh, I don't know, six foot eight, seven foot two. Mm-hmm. He could pick up the table with one hand, like a huge, like, uh, what I call a, a, a grand table that seats like 12 people. Right. He'd pick it up with one hand by the leg, and uh, he would do these feats of, uh, of strength. Mm-hmm. And uh, and he looked very strange. In the pictures, uh, I'll I'll show you. I'll send you a yeah. photo of her son. And he uh, looks very uh, almost like Neanderthal looking. I'm under the the impression that um, unless um, you know that it's not possible to breed. So I would say they have human brains, and that's what I want to find out because I'm under the impression, and I could be wrong, that they can't breed naturally unless they both have human brains that they yes. would have to be genetically manipulated. That just seems to me like it would be a law, a creational law. Yeah. There's a lot of creational law, but again, there's uh, you know, when they talked about uh, uh, human beings and what's a human being, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they use the word vessel, the uh, Bigfoot is yeah. referred to as a vessel also. Okay. Then as he has a human, human being. brain. Yeah. So as a human being, he has, uh, and I talked about this earlier, the parents, the maternal side of Bigfoot, what they refer to as this unknown primate, which would be like a, another giant ape or primate, mm-hmm. not, not maybe uh, what we would call Gigantopithecus or maybe comparable to an orangutan or gorilla. Mm-hmm. They have, uh, even they came from a billowing consciousness combined with uh, intelligence consciousness. And also a part evolutive 
human consciousness or evolutive consciousness. And these combined over a period of incarnations to create these, what they call primate people, more primal people, okay, which are, uh, come from the earth, but also have the billowing intellect, intelligence and uh, what I call the human, uh, the evolutive consciousness. So Bigfoot, if it has an evolutive consciousness in him mm-hmm. from the maternal mother side, which is us. Yes. And he also has the other part, which is the uh, the animal in, in, instinctual consciousness or intelligence consciousness, which is what I would say wolves and, and predators have. Right. Well, so have- that's the case. He, 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 he's still not quite 100 percent human, but I, I think they the Native Americans have proven they've hybridized and they've had babies of uh, or Bigfoot have kidnapped Native American women and they have come back to the village to have uh, offspring of theirs. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of stories uh, replete with stories in every Native American uh, nation or tribe that has these same stories. That's interesting. So what you were referring to a few minutes ago, is there is that a contact note? Uh, yeah, I've got, I did some reading in some of the contacts uh, notes. They have conversations about Bigfoot I think in three, three separate contacts, possibly more. I know there's a couple of them where they're just they allude to it, mm-hmm. and it's very brief. And Billy goes, "Yes, I, yeah. I saw, I saw a Bigfoot or a Yeti from the flying saucer." On right, I remember reading that one, and it was yeah. sort of like that was it, and it was. And Pataka was just that's a hairy creatures that live uh, remote in small groups. You know, and so I have to look at the English translation, say remote and small group, that can mean many things. You know, because there's a lot of remote spots, even in the United States, if you want to consider them uh, remote where there's no human habitation. Right. You know, but what is remote? You know, what is that? That's, you know, no cities and towns. You know, I I get what you're saying, but I, I was just saying the ones that are more in depth that you were talking about i'd be very interested in seeing those contacts yes i'll uh, I'll try to uh dig them up in my archives or find the links and i'll send them to you those excerpts but uh those were sort of the things that you know i'm reading the the meldrum the uh the the ketchum dna report Uh the sequencing report of what she found uh and and what this unknown primate that is not in GenBank, what the sequencing revealed. And then on the mitochondrial side, the maternal DNA, which is all human homo sapiens, and it actually shows Native American women, women that are, their ancestry is from Africa, mm-hmm. and even Caucasian women. So it seems like there's a distribution of the human DNA component in Sasquatch, according to the uh, the uh, Melville Ketchum genome, Sasquatch genome study. Yeah, it's very interesting. Um, and it's a shame that she has been discredited. Well, and I, and I read that, uh, that she's been discredited, but I also read that at first they, they were going to publish their, her, their findings. They, mm-hmm. they were peer reviewed and then they backed out. Yeah. And they backed up because of the minute they, she asked, they asked her, see, she went in and said, this is a sample. Can you do a, a blast sequence on it and tell me what it is? And right. of course they always would ask, what is it from? What, what suspect 
animal, plant, whatever is it from. And she was lucky with some of the universities and some of the the genetic research labs that she was trying to get them to do a double blind study to actually confirm her study. So that mm-hmm. she was asking them to do the research to, to verify that they were getting repeatability. Mm-hmm. And what she came to find out is the ones that she told would not tell what it was from. They yeah. would give her the results and say they would publish her results if she told them, if, if Melba told them what it was from, what animal or what creature, because they had nothing in the gen bank to tell them what it was. Right. They just kept coming back and telling her it's a, uh, it's basically, uh, it's corrupted with human DNA, mm-hmm. which again is the mitochondrial mother side. So when they looked at it, they go, oh, some, uh, somebody touched it and got, you know, human female DNA on it. Right. So they kept coming back with corrupted. And a couple of them that didn't come back corrupted said, well, this is unknown. We don't know what it is. It's not a gen bank. Just the maternal side is, which is human female. What is this nuclear DNA? And so please tell us what you think it is, Melba. And she told them, well, we think we suspect it's Sasquatch. Then they immediately told her, you know, later on she found out they would not publish or they would not uh, disclose it. So at that point, uh, she finally hit a brick wall and uh, she had to buy her own, uh, unfortunately, her own peer review magazine. Uh, It was uh, like Nature, Mm -hmm. Scientific Journal or uh, Scientific American. And so she had to buy, I think it was DeNovo, the journal and she published her own results. And then they attacked her for that, right? You know, you own the magazine that's peer reviewing your own results. Well, she says, but you wouldn't, even though you told me privately the results were this, you wouldn't go public with it. So she says, I had no choice but to to expose what was really going on. So, uh, right. so here, here I'm part of that, trying to get that sort of published or at least get recognition for yeah. her, her discoveries. Wow. That's, that's, you know, and, and here's something else that came to my mind as I'm, I'm looking at all this, all the, all these, there has to be in the military. I would think they know about these because they're out there in the woods all the time with doing their exercises and, you know, Oh, yeah, I'm sure they have have all this high surveillance. You can see, you know, oh, yeah, someone's nose from. Yeah, they're better than anybody in the public sector. The military is at getting uh, not just observing these creatures, but probably retrieving evidence. And and I think uh, we talked about this and Melba says undeniably they have genetic proof and they're keeping it quiet because of uh, how it would change uh, the worldview of every citizen who uses state and national parks and even has their own private land of you know hundreds of acres that they now maybe won't go walk on because people you know they're you know they're afraid also the impact economically of the uh the push by uh preservationists to uh make lumber uh you know logging in certain areas uh protected by law you know and Mm -hmm. put up signs you know sasquatch protected uh protected area for sasquatch you know i'm sure see that's what's going to happen but see the, it's a two-edged sword uh the government is going to lie and they're going to protect the areas for some other creature they're not going to say it's sasquatch because they won't admit that i mean it's such right. like disclosure on ufos are they going to come forward with an yeah. egg on their face and say yeah the ufos exist and we lied for you know 100 years about it and, and they're not going to do that either so you know 
Yeah, I know. I I just thought about that. And I thought, I know they must know they exist. And, and as the forests are being destroyed, then their habitats, they, yeah, they're in danger, as you know. Oh, yeah. And what they're doing is they're, uh, uh, they're doing also removal of these creatures. They become problematic when they stay in an area where maybe agricultural encroachment or people building communities, they become Mm -hmm. a, what I call a, a nuisance creature so then that they bring in uh the bureau of land management uh it's very it's you know you don't have to really do an internet search it's pretty much public knowledge that uh the blm and uh a lot of your agencies u.s forestry services their their version of what i call special forces mm-hmm. they go in and they they eliminate these 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 nuisances and uh the fact that people think it's just you know our military you know the military is also you know you just look at our police force and you see yeah. basically a military now. So, yeah, uh, yeah. there was some Marine. The story was a Marine training at Fort Leonard Wood. He was in uh, Special Forces or he was in the version of Marine Special Forces. And he says he was training next to these guys from the BLM that were better equipped than him and were wearing all black and had all the same equipment, uh, field gear, uh, like a SWAT, better than a SWAT team. He says, and they were being trained by the BLM. And I'm thinking, well, we have no... You know, we don't have any lions or, you know, creatures that are big predators in our woods. So it must be, you know, may, you know, they claim they're taking out problem, uh, problem Bigfoots, problem Sasquatch, which is they're, they're like people. Yeah, they're going to be all they're going to have good ones, bad ones, ones that are angry and pissed off, ones that are sick and uh, maybe go in and uh, kill all the farmers animals. I mean, I, I've heard so many variations of that story that. uh there has really? got some truth in it uh, with them taking livestock. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think that that's sort of some of the things uh, I, I'm involved in in some of my research. I do go into areas where there have been livestock kills and I try to track down the reason and the cause. And uh, those are some of those videos I don't actually put up because uh, for obvious reasons. So have you actually seen one then? Bigfoot? Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, I've seen, I've seen uh, on one, two, three, four, possibly five occasions. Uh, not like face-to-face, uh, uh, except for maybe maybe one that came pretty close to that. Well, actually two. One was 12 feet away, and then the other one was uh, approaching us just straight on, got about 35 feet from us, and the it was in total darkness, but you could see it was something really uh, big, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's part of what I do when I do what I call uh, we do f- some of our field excursions. We include overnight research where you're just basically camping, and I call it cold camping. You're not having any fires. You're not you're not really using your flashlights. You're just doing uh, surveillance with your night vision, which right. is pretty it's pretty cool and it's, you know, uh, and, but even that sort of, that's dangerous because you got to know how to act. So you're not like, uh, there's no intimidation. You're not there to do harm. And you're sort of like, uh, and still that's, I would not recommend anybody who's not, uh, willing to take at least some kind of chances to do this. Oh yeah. No, I would not. I think it sounds scary. (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, yeah. No you don't know people that have asked to go with me and I, I have a 
there's actually three other guys. There's the four of us, but a lot of times there's only two or three of us going out. Mm-hmm. How many people ask to go with us that I have to like pretend to forget about so that <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't take them with me? Well, you never have to forget with me because I would never ask. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's uh, like I said, I've seen him on night vision. I've seen uh-huh. him uh, on night vision, ninety feet away, uh, looking at me from behind a tree. Uh, and I handed up my night vision off to another guy that was with me, and he confirmed. But he goes, "Yep, there it is." Mm-hmm. And only when he saw it, he got the full from head to toe, where it stepped out from behind the tree and actually walked away. Yeah, where I just got from like the waist up of it, like right. leaning out from the tree. And uh, so when, you know, that was like, uh, that was another sort of wake up call for me. I had encounters before that, but I never had like, it was always shadows, silhouettes, mm-hmm. you know, sort of like something like behind brush. I knew it was there and I knew it was something big, but that was probably the first time I actually saw one. Like there it is, you know, and I'm looking at it through, uh, I had a FLIR. Uh, forward-looking infrared, which I saw it on, and, uh, and I was like, what? You know, it was like in my mouth, I'm like, I'm starting to drop a few expletives, like, what the hell is that? Mm-hmm. I bet. I, I can't imagine the adrenaline that must go through you when you see, they're so large, and, uh, you know, you're out in the woods, and it's not really our element, you know, there's not much protection. Yeah. I'd be a lot like seeing a bear, I would think. Um, but I, I noticed on the Genome Project, the Sasquatch Genome Project website, the attitude of, you know, wanting to protect them too. And for people to be compassionate and understanding. And, you know, I thought that was great to see Melba, you know, the attitude on there. Yeah, she says, you know... Uh there's a lot of people that think they're going to go out there and hunt them and retreat. Yeah, us. That's what I was worried about. Yeah. And she's so uh, up. She's wor- worried about that. She's, she's a, you know, she, you know, obviously if you're a forensic geneticist and you've examined all the various, because she worked for a veterinary service. So she's a lot of people would give, bring in predator samples to say, you know, if they're losing sheep or goats or, or their horses, uh, they want to identify what's doing it. And so she would do a forensic sequencing to find out if she had coyotes or wild dogs or feral uh, hogs that were killing chickens. Right. So they would, uh, she would have, uh, she went through, a, she, you know, she knows the difference between a, the, the, you know, the genetic sample of a red wolf or a coyote or a, a timber wolf. So she's pretty well versed in that. And, uh, and so she says, why would I not want to protect just another you know, creature that's mm-hmm. trying to basically live in nature yeah. in somewhat harmony. And, and, and she says, and we're just basically pressuring it with uh, people, maybe not even hunting it, people going out to hunt deer and then end up shooting at them because they don't know what they are. Right. And, and she but, says that happens and they, uh, so she says they have, a, you know, they, they've been, they were around since before the native Americans, so, you know, supposedly we're here, which a lot of, some of the native people I've talked to says, yes, we, uh, they were here when we, we arrived. So there's this uh, sense of uh, they've been around uh, quite some time. Well, and I can see with the crazy that there probably are some, you know, those hunters, big game hunters that will just kill anything that if it's, you know, that, that might go after once they realize they are real. 
Yeah, and a lot of people chewed out of fear, and I'm not saying any particular population, but there seems to be, you know, I can imagine in Texas and down south and some of the southern states, people uh, are just, uh, you know, you might have an element of people that have an itchy trigger finger and they go, what is that? You know, oh, that's not a deer, but, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to empty my, my magazine on it just to scare it off. You know, and you're shooting at a, another right. unknown human-like creature and you don't know it. And then you can't understand when, you know, there's an incident not, not far from where they live or where they uh, are, are hunting that where they, they come out and they, uh, they terrorize uh, somebody who's camping in their RV. Yeah. You know, because of, there's a reaction, you know, that's a cause and effect. You, you know, it happens yeah. even with probably Bigfoot. Yeah, interesting. But, you know, I'm saying those crazy, there's, there's got to be, you know, psycho, psychopathic individuals who, for the thrill, I mean, you know, what are they going to get in trouble for killing them for? They're not considered humans. Do you know what I'm well, saying? Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I'm I see even something gonna... very dark like that happening. Oh, I, I think that. I think you get, uh, excuse the expression, uh, a truckload of, you know, sort of like hillbillies with their guns all going to a forest where their grandmother was camping at and she got scared out of her wits. So they're going to go in there and they're going to clear out and, you know, kill kill Bigfoot. Mm -hmm. I've heard those stories also. Uh, oh, have you? Oh, yeah. And there's a group called the uh, that is actually getting paid. Uh, they're getting funded by, I don't know if it's a government entity, it could be an NGO, but they're funded by some people with money. It's called the uh, uh, the WAC, yeah, the WAC uh, organization, uh, oh, WACO, it's called the uh, Wood Ape Conservance, Conservancy. Mm -hmm. organization and what they do is the name is sort of misleading it makes you think that they're there to conserve, conserve bigfoot but they're actually there trying to get a live specimen they have camps i know in two or three locations in one in oklahoma one in alabama or mississippi i think one up in uh i don't know if it's uh maine or pennsylvania but they're actually trying to retrieve they believe that killing it killing it and retrieving a sample will save the species but what if they're what if that's a main alpha contributing member of that of that gene pool and now yeah. they basically uh, eliminated part of the population well now why would they think killing one is going to save the rest of them because they can they can claim they can hand it to science and then the science in cooperation with government will go public and prove it exists which they, they are won't. they are so unprepared for that outcome i mean look at all the ufo guys that said yes, yes. We'll hand our little evidence over to the government and then they'll come forward and disclose. That never happens. No, it doesn't. So they're going to hand a sample over. That's like saying, you know, just just give them everything. Give them your hard drives, your laptops, all your SD cards because they're going to take it all. You know, yeah. if they, actually, you know, think they're going to unless they're somehow part of the government. Now, then how could I say there aren't these groups that are created by government entities to do some dark things and they just think it's good because they're they think the outcome is just to, to save the sauce and so i think that's sort of dumb uh they're going to go dumb. shoot one to prove it exists i yeah that's that is dumb which would save it no that's if if they really think that that's that's flawed thinking 
if they really do think that. And if, and I would get, venture to guess that there's something more behind that. Yeah, there could be some, uh, some, you know, government, you know, you know, deep, uh, you know, the shadow government pulling strings yeah. in that organization. Cause you know, they do that through other organizations. Yes. Uh, they pull their, or they infiltrate and they, you know, so I thought, you know, I'm not going, uh, my fear is, is you're anywhere in an area that they have shot at these creatures. And then I've got to go in there and retrieve evidence of the existence of them. How much risk that puts me at. Yeah. Well, and you know, they're so interested in doing all this genetic manipulation of animals and people, you know, the, you know, like what we know is happening with the hybrid pigs and human mm-hmm. DNA that I can see them seeing these giant, um, strong uh beings and thinking what they could do with them because that's just they weaponize everything oh yeah so I could you see him making being... a super uh soldier out of uh yeah, sasquatch i could, I could. Uh, you know that was the theme thinking uh going you know i had to go far back but that was the theme of uh, project x uh i used to read you know the little the marvel comics uh you know with the uh x-men and Oh, you yeah, know, I, and, I and know all that. Did, but and they had saber tooth, and they had, uh, you know, uh, they had, you know, Wolverine. Oh yeah. But if if oh, you go yeah. back to the the origins of that, they uh, this Project X, which was a Canadian government run super secret super soldier project, created a creature that was controllable called uh, Sasquatch. Oh really? Oh, yeah, no. he, he he's not. You don't see a lot of Sasquatch uh, in the new Marvel movies. I'm sure he'll make his appearance. Uh, I don't keep track. He might have already, but he was like, yeah, uh, he was somehow genetically manipulated to cre- become this super hairy uh, creature that could run, you know, sixty, seventy miles an hour through the forest, swing through the trees, and 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 flip cars over. But he was like, uh, he was always like uh, when. Wolverine got out of hand, they would send Sasquatch to like hunt him down to like knock some sense into him. Oh, and I always God. thought about that. I said, what if they try to weaponize Bigfoot? And then I thought, yeah. I, I have to almost think that the government is already trying to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I really wouldn't. I mean, you know, the, the, the level of insanity. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The, the mad scientist, psychopaths in, yes. uh, in our, our government and military, I, I'm no doubt exists. I yeah. just looking at the atom bomb to confirm that and exactly and other things that we know about that you know at one point I remember reading things going you know that, that were written in fiction thinking oh this is you know just fiction and then later I found out oh it's so much worse than even fiction what's going yeah, on because uh, who was it that said that uh, Isaac Asimov said uh, reality is always stranger than fiction yeah he's right I find that to be true you know and mm-hmm. I didn't have to go to I guess the center to sort of confirm that, which did help, but it was like, uh, you know, there were a lot of roadblocks. I like when you're out doing things, you sort of go remove those roadblocks from your thinking and perceive that not everything uh, is taught in school, that you find things on your own that uh, go counter what uh, group think or. We, We know we live in a very, a very strange world. And I'm seeing that more and more with, what is going on in our country? I'm just uh, the stuff I read and and the nonsense, the lack of 
of logical thinking. I, I'm just, you know, when this, when the Civil War stuff, we were heard about the Civil War, you know, when I first read in 2008, it's so funny, there's so many of us, there must have been like a wave of some kind of awakening in 2008, because I've talked to so many people, and I'm ending up being friends with a lot of those people that really either found the mission in 2008, or they, that was when they really started to pay attention to it, like, you know, kind of what you're telling me. Yeah, I mean, and that would be sort of the, the main sort of turning point in my life when I actually said, well, I can validify, validify, or I can prove false, or I can debunk, or I can find out if there's any truth to what the writings of this gentleman out of Switzerland is saying. And as I delve deeper, I could not discount it. I can only find confirmation in uh, world events and and mainstream news items that may be even on the back page of some of your, uh, you know, news reports, because it wasn't like they report, you know, from events, volcanoes erupting, earthquake Mm -hmm. events, storm events, all those being confirmed. You know, we're just talking about physical events and not talking about assassinations or anything like that, but still newsworthy stuff. And I'm going, wait a second. What about this thing that, you know, the scientists will discover in the future or or he didn't say it like that, but he says they know that in my case, Bigfoot is as a, a maternal, a paternal unknown primate and a maternal human sapien female. And I thought, where have I heard this? And then it before. And then uh, thanks to Melba, I searched through the conversations, the contact conversations and discovered I already read this long before I met Melba Ketchum. So it was like a weird anomaly that woke me up to saying maybe what I'm looking into is worthwhile. And there's a reason I'm doing this is to discover, discount the uh, the the suppression and the cover up of all of it. But to me, it's not a big thing because uh, when I was at the center, when somebody was there at the table said to everybody, you know, Don does Bigfoot research in the United States. And uh, I'm not going to say who that person is. I really didn't want to talk about it to anybody in the core membership because I think they thought it was old hat. Uh-huh. But immediately one of the core members after you were done eating came up to me and, and, and sort of quietly whispered in my ear, you know, Don, the Bigfoot or Yeti is no big thing here at the center. We really don't, you know, it's like no big deal. I was like, yeah, because, this is like old, an old discovery that was sort of so accepted as sort yeah. of part of how the world is by fee- people in Figo that it was like of no big. It's about telling Billy, you know, the Pleiadians fly beam ships. He would look at you <laughs> like you were an adult. You know. I know, and 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 I I get that. What struck me was the that all that information had been gathered by a scientist and some other, you know other people and it's been submitted and it's being suppressed. And I thought, why should I be surprised? Exactly. Exactly. And she's actually given up on, she was a hard, steadfast fighter and stubborn as a day is long. And she, she, she tried to force all those people in the academic community to redact. Mm -hmm. They would not debate her. They would not do anything. They all did. uh, So was always behind her back with news releases to exposing her on talk shows, but she would never be a guest on those shows to give a, a, debu- a, re- a rebuttal. So I, at that mm-hmm. point, I thought, you know what, you know, I get it. That's at some point you got to say, I'm not going to talk about it anymore. 
and, and well, she probably realized there's no convincing anyone. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And plus, it yeah. creates her. She becomes a target again, and she just doesn't want to deal with the uh, well, yeah, the negative and stuff. Takes, uh, right. You know, well, it takes a tremendous amount of energy. You know, and and so is she working now? Is she able to support uh, she, herself? What is she doing? She does contract work. I think you know, like okay. people send stuff to her to to sequence. I'm sure she'll do it for a price. It's not free, but uh, it's nowadays. It's not like it was in the uh, early 2000s or the late 90s where it was a vast amount of money to have a sample mm -hmm. uh, sequenced, the DNA sequence. Now it's relatively affordable. Uh, you right. can send it to most of your college labs and have it sequenced. But she uh, she no longer uh, does Bigfoot sequencing. She just don't send me any more Bigfoot samples to everybody who, who does that. Uh, but I, because uh, I even come up with samples and she said, don't send them to me. I already I already sequenced it out. I assume against the entire Sasquatch genome. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but then there's other things that she does that uh, since she lost her two major sources of income uh, because she was discredited, they basically uh, economically beat her down to the point where uh, she just uh, made the comment to me. And it's unfortunate that she feels that way, but it says something about the culture. She mm -hmm. says, you know, she says, I, uh, uh, I, I have a problem with all men because, you know, in academia, in the scientific com community, uh, even in this country, at least men pretty much run everything. And she says, I have a problem with men. She says, I hate men. And, you know, I had to convince her not, to, to not hate me. And trust me that it, it didn't take, it didn't take too long because I was just, you know, trying to be myself and be honest with her. I said, you don't want to do an interview. That's fine. I know why you don't want to do an interview. Actually, I, I wasn't surprised that she didn't want to go back into the public venue because it just, it had the earmarks of more torture, you know, of her yeah. having to uh, get poison pen letters and bad emails and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I understand that. I have to look at the person and say, hey, you know, for the price of me getting some exposure for myself. How do I help her out? I'm not helping her doing that. No, I, I get it. Well, it's been really interesting, Don, as, as always. Oh, yeah, so, Carol. It was uh, <laughs> a fascinating discussion talking to you. Yeah, we'll have to have more um, in the future if you're open to it about, you know, because we can talk about just about anything um, I've noticed. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, there was a, yeah, there was a, a, a rainbow of subjects tonight. It, yes, yeah, there was, and and so, um, uh, thanks so much for for being on my podcast, and um, we'll talk again soon. Yep, I wish you uh, the best, uh, for, good fortune in the world, Carol. Thank you. Yeah, you too, Don. Bye. 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 So after my interview with Don Schneider, I did some searching through the contact notes and I went to the Future of Mankind. I found this extract from Contact Report 260 and it's a conversation between Billy and Pata uh, about the existence of Bigfoot. And Billy says to Pata, my next question, Yeti, Bigfoot and Sasquatch. 
these three beings of which there is talk over and over again for quite some time. There has particularly been talk about the Sasquatch being in Florida's swamps in the Everglades. Again and again, people appear in public who claim they would have observed, observed such prehistoric human beings. Can one believe these statements? And Bata answers, Some statements are actually true, others are based on deceit, and still others are based on making oneself important or on simple fibbing. Nevertheless, there is no doubt that these beings still actually exist. Billy, you've clarified this? And Pata answers, it wouldn't be right to say there's no doubt in the existence of the beings if we didn't have exact knowledge in this regard. And then an extract from report, uh, contact report nine. They created mutated beings each regarding each according to their own race, as well as variously, completely new forms of life. Those which were of dwarf-like stature, gigantic and animal-like beings. There's some further reading on the future of mankind concerning the subject of Bigfoot, and I'm going to read this paragraph to you. It has some um, further research links within the small article. If you want to do some more digging and pondering about the nature of these creatures. The Bigfoot is genetically modified like we are, but in a different way. Each humans, for example, have a reduced life expectancy, see aging and the so-called warrior gene. We have, whereas the Bigfoot has anatomical differences, most evidently in the voice organ structure. They are covered in hair. Their noses are like the Neanderthal. There is a piece of conjecture available which indicates that the monkey ape species, which lives in the jungles, well known, were created by scientists after creating the Bigfoot by genetic engineers in ancient times, using the same technology we are developing today, see Atlantis. But during a time when our life expectancy was the normal length, i.e. a thousand years, created by engineers of the old time as a means of illustrating the fundamental differences between a creative spirit form and an instinct spirit form. See evolution, consciousness evolution, instinct evolution, and spirit. At any rate, their civilization was washed away in a 1400 meter high tsunami created by a rock hitting the ocean. So their only legacy was the living results themselves and the results turned out shy. They're probably shy because they were created by the scientists anew from nothing by genetic engineers experimenting and unfortunately they made them without thinking too much about what they were doing. Rather, they were more concerned about the process, getting the technique and the technological method right to do it. And as they were scientists, they didn't think too cleverly about the living legacy of their actions, probably because they were genetic engineer psychopaths who were clever at what they were doing, but not clever as said with the living results and legacy they were leaving behind. Look, at any rate, they've had at least 12,000 years to wander around and evolve proportionally, which is not long enough but it has given them at least a basic feel for the world they're living on. 
yes, we're still talking about Bigfoot. <laughs>